This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm, sports writer for Boston.com. I'm joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. Nicole, how are you doing? Pretty good, Tom. How are you? I am good. I am uh, feeling a little sick from eating too much Christmas candy, but not from COVID. So uh, good news there. Uh, a lot of kind of news about James Harden over the last, I guess, couple of days. So we figured we should dive into that. Harden, I believe it was two days ago, word leaked that he had added the Celtics and the Blazers to his list of preferred destinations, which is quickly growing. Uh, <laughs> he's becoming much more amenable to uh, places as his uh, preferred destinations seem, I don't know, less tenable. About a day later, uh, news leaked that the Celtics had engaged the Rockets along with, I believe, Toronto was the other team uh, that had recently engaged Houston in trade talks. Uh, sounds like, well, we, we, we don't really know like what the packages might look like yet. I mean, I, I'm sure we can all kind of guess what the Rockets are asking for right now um, and probably why a deal has not been struck yet, uh, at least uh, in terms of the Celtics, because I can imagine that the Celtics probably don't want to give up some of those pieces. That being said, James Harden, uh, former MVP, one of the greatest scorers of all time, uh, is willing to come to the Celtics if they if they make a deal. So, Nicole, what are your thoughts well, I mean, so first, I guess, with his list of destinations expanding, part of me wonders whether it's sort of an Anthony Davis situation. Like, remember at the All-Star game or the All-Star break? And he was like, yeah, you know, my list includes the Celtics. And he rattled off a few other teams. But like, no, it was the Lakers. And they just didn't want to make it seem like he was heading there. So part of it could be them just adding to the list for the sake of adding to the list or for the sake of the act. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how genuine his list is. But then part of me wonders, like, okay, if he were going to the Bucks by now, that probably would have happened. I feel like if Giannis were interested in that, the Bucks would have made that happen. However, based on their relationship, I don't think Giannis is interested in that. Like Giannis has not been shy with public digs at Harden, all in good fun, but it's clear that he doesn't really like his style of play or, and I feel like their personalities just don't really jive. And like, I just don't think Giannis is interested in teaming up with James Harden. And then the other one that I think that was part of the original trade destinations list. And the one that probably everyone thought that was going to happen was the Nets. Now seeing how good the Nets are, seeing how good Katie and Kyrie look together, and just knowing how quickly that chemistry could go awry, I feel like they don't want to touch that at all. Like they just start praying everyone stays healthy and they're fine. Like they don't yeah. really even need James Harden, I would say, or argue, at least in the East. So I feel like they're probably out of contention. So then it does make sense that he's expanding his list because he's going to have to if his original options aren't sort of panning out. So then, I mean... You look at the other options, they're all pretty much in the East, like the Sixers, the Raptors, the Heat, the Celtics, and then the Blazers, random. But I mean, all the teams he's identified are like teams teetering on the verge of like contention, essentially. Right, exactly. and they know that like adding Harden could take them to the next level. Keeping within the East, though, my thinking is knowing that James Harden has a likely shot of ending up with one of your direct competitors in the Miami Heat 
Philadelphia 76ers, then I think they're like, okay, we have to at least consider this because if James Harden goes to the Sixers, if James Harden goes to the Heat, the Celtics path gets exponentially more difficult. Right now, they already have to deal with Giannis and the Bucks, which I know they won opening night, but like that took a bank shot and it was also opening night. They already have to go through the Nets, which look more to like- More point, they have to deal with the Nets, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> which look like- a, <laughs> They're a monster. And then you add a 13 to that, like, look, no matter how good Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown become- it's going to be really difficult. So I think they have to consider it. They have to see if there's a way that they can strike a deal or at least up the price for whatever team has to acquire him or ends up acquiring him. I'm not surprised that they're kicking the tires at all. And I wouldn't be surprised if that interest is genuine. So I guess my initial thoughts are for the Celtics, James Harden on the Celtics is better than James Harden on the Sixers and James Harden on the Heat. And just to, all right, just to, to bring things back quite a bit here, I think the, the big difference, because I, I think those are all really good points. I think, so the big difference between Harden and Anthony Davis is that obviously when Anthony Davis said that, he said, no, I'm open to go to any team. And it was kind of like, it felt like sort of a tongue in cheek thing. Like, you guys all know I'm going to the Lakers. Like, no, I'm open to anybody. Because he knew that nobody was going to trade for him because everybody knew where he was headed. So he could say whatever he wanted. I think the difference here is that I, I think you're right. Harden is kind of looking around and, okay, his first option feels like it's pretty much off the table. Like, I just don't see any way that Brooklyn makes a deal to go get him. Because not for nothing, a big part of the reason they're so good is because they can bring Karis Levert off the bench and Levert just destroys second units. You can't do that with, like, Harden or Kyrie. You can try to stagger guys and, and, and you know, do things that way. But, like, what an invaluable I mean, that was the Celtics that. problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it just it kind of Work. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. And I mean, that, and that's with a coach who's been in the league for seven years. Like the, the Nets, you know, have a rookie head coach. And, and Steve Nash's job is so easy because he can just toss Kyrie and KD out there and then put LaBert in. Anyway, I'll gush about the Nets some other day. I think that team is so good. Um, so I, like Brooklyn seems like they're off the table. I think for right now, Philadelphia, now I, I will get into this. I think Philadelphia is going to come roaring back if it, if another team, you know, starts to get close to a trade. But for now, Philadelphia seems like, you know, Daryl Morey has said publicly, which sure, Daryl, um, that Ben Simmons is unavailable in any trade talk and all this other stuff. I don't believe that. Because I'm sure the Sixers have the same mindset as the Celtics. The Sixers would rather have James Harden yeah, yeah, exactly. on the Sixers than James Harden on the Celtics. Like that's exactly. not a unique perspective to the Celtics. It's like all of these yeah. teams, like we mentioned earlier, are right there. Like they're right on the cusp. So they know that if one of their competitors gets <laughs> James Harden, they'll be over the top. So it's yeah, like, exactly. they all are in the same situation. Exactly. And that's, and, and then that obviously speaks to your point about trading for Harden. So as teams have sort of fallen off, I think that Harden is kind of taking a look around and saying like, you know what, you know, like Boston might not be my first choice, you know, like everybody likes to make the kind of the lazy strip club jokes, but like, you know, it, like it's a Boston is not Houston. It's not Miami. It's not one of these warm weather cities where, you know, it, it's going to be nice and you go walk around, you know, do whatever. But it's a team where if he joins, he would potentially be in a position to win a championship. He would potentially be in a, in a position to win the East. And like, I think one of the things that Harden is probably looking at is he's probably looking at the Rockets and thinking, I'm never going to win a title here. Like I had my chance to win a title here and it's not going to happen now. So where can I go where I'd have a chance to win a title? The Celtics are a team where he could potentially do it. I don't know. Like, that's I don't think. My, I think that's James Harden's primary motivation. Which I know there's hilarious. stories about him wanting to party and I believe it. I believe yeah. I read Tim McMahon's story in ESPN and all of his crazy demands. I believe that's the type of player he is. And like, he definitely values those sort of like, for lack of better term, like extracurricular activities. However, I think he values winning a championship way more. And I think that's an, I mean, you look at the destinations that he identified, like, I think that's ultimately the driving factor behind why he wants out of Houston and behind the teams that he's interested and joining well and i'm sorry it's like you you okay sure he might not be it might not be the perfect party scene or whatever in boston but you can find what you need like if yeah. you're you're making 40 million dollars a year you can you can find you're what you're james harden you're james harden you can find what you're looking for anywhere like 
I, I think that from a basketball perspective, I'm sure he's kind of looking at it the same way everyone else is. And he's thinking, I'm 31. The Rockets are not going to be contenders while I'm here. Get me somewhere where I can be a contender. And I think the Celtics are one of those teams. If the Celtics trade, you know, Jalen for me, then, you know, me and Tatum are a problem. Like, I'm, I'm sure that's kind of his calculus here. You know, I, I think that's legitimate. Mm-hmm. Now, I the question, of course, is like, what are the Celtics willing to give up for Harden? So I'll throw it to you first, because I'm curious what you think. If the Rockets came, like, if you're, if you're Danny Ainge and the Rockets say, as we all kind of think, look, Philadelphia is willing to put Ben Simmons on the table. You know, how hard are you willing to go to try to top that potential trade offer? Okay, so using the trade machine, Kemba Walker for James Harden straight up works. And I think the Celtics would do that. No way the Rockets say yes. I'm fairly certain that that offer has probably, I mean, not like from sourcing, I would be very comfortable guessing that that offer has probably been made or at least floated just given how the Celtics look without Kemba given Kemba's knee situation I definitely I'm sorry given given James Harden versus Kemba Walker like Kemba Walker is a good player but like again you're talking and again that's not a slight on Kemba you're talking about a former MVP and one of the greatest scorers of all time like the Celtics haven't been shooting free throws so far this year like yeah they they need they need a guy like James Harden so if the situation ever becomes desperate enough where the Rockets would agree to that, I'm sure they would have a deal instantly, the two teams. That, though, right now, don't think is an option. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for James Harden straight up also works. It does. I don't think the Celtics are interested in signing off on that. That one, see, I don't know how much Danny Ainge cares about, like, fan base and optics stuff. That one's a lot harder to sell to your fans than Kemba Walker for Harden straight up. I mean, at that point, you're talking about literally, I mean, two of, of Boston's favorite sons, you know, like like Celtics fans love Marcus Smart. Celtics fans love Jalen Brown and Celtics fans detest James Harden. So like, I feel like people would come around pretty quickly once they saw like, oh my God, you cannot stop Jalen or Jason Tatum and James Harden. Um, but it would be a tough sell. Well, and the thing is too, with Kemba Walker, you're giving up a player that has, I mean, basically passed his peak. Like right now you're just hoping he stays healthy. Like you can sell that from a basketball perspective too. Like Jalen Brown, I mean, it's only been two games, but seems to be on his trajectory of just Kaizen, literally incremental progress, like improving every year and is probably going to make the all-star team this year. And I'm sure that's the first of several. And then Marcus Smart brings all the intangibles that Celtics fans love. So hard to sell from both like just a personal and then the professional, like the basketball standpoint. But at the same time, James Harden is the top five player in the league. So it's not like you're going to easily return here. So here's where I kind of come down on Jalen, because I think this is a really interesting one. On the one hand, and, and this is I think this is where I fall right now. I If I'm the Celtics, I'm not willing to give up a 24 year old who improves every year and had not only improves every year has gone from barely playable, like his rookie season, which a lot of rookies are obviously, um, but has gone from that, you know, that like bouncy forward who like, honestly, is just like, didn't look like he had much to his game to now where he is like running pick and rolls and snaking pick and rolls and like doing all this crit. Like, I mean, he's throwing like cross court passes to three point shooters in the corner. Like he's playing like kind of like a point guard in a lot of ways he's running. I mean, he's running some of the sets that Brad Stevens used to draw up for Isaiah Thomas and he's six foot six and super athletic. Like there's so much to Jalen's game and there's so much that he just keeps getting better and better at. And I think there's something to be said for a guy who has gotten better and better. And like, he's added all of these things to his game. So now that he's 24, maybe he doesn't add much more to his game. Maybe he just polishes those skills over the next like few years. And if he does that, he's a problem. He's already tough. And and I think he could just get tougher. So you look at a 24 year old who you have under team control for the next four years versus James Harden, who is 31 and will need a new contract in two years. I think that's a pretty tough sell. There is, however, sort of a devil's advocate um, argument here where, like, let's say that the Rockets were amenable to just straight up Kemba for James Harden. I think at some point, all of these improvements that Jalen is making and, and this new role that he's really embracing and, I, I mean, thriving in, I'm curious, like, if you trade for Harden, he's taking up a lot of that usage that is make that is part of what's making Jalen Brown so good. 
And like, you really have to factor that because right. I'm not even certain that like, it's a huge net positive to trade James Harden for Jalen Brown. Like, you know, I mean, obviously like James Harden is far the superior offensive player. I'm not sure it's like this huge net positive. I think the net positive is what you were talking about, where then you keep James Harden off of somebody else's team. So if the Celtics traded Jalen for James Harden, I don't think it would be some like indictment on Jalen that they think Jalen can't become this like multi-time all-star. I think we've seen like this season so far where Jalen Brown can be. We've seen how hard Jalen works and how likely he is to achieve those really high ceilings. I think it's just a matter of like the Celtics might just have to do this for the reasons that you said, because if James Harden goes to the Philadelphia 76ers, we're probably talking about two, three years before the Celtics can even like really think about coming out of the East again. And that would be a tough pill to swallow, I think, for Jason Tatum. Well, and let's not diminish the value James Harden has. It's not like the Celtics are settling here and just saying like, oh, we'll take him, you know, because nobody else can have him then. Like that's an added bonus for sure. But like they probably are interested in him too because he's James Harden. Like that's why they don't want anybody else to have him because he's so good. But because he's so good, they're going to be interested anyway. So I I don't want to sort of diminish how good James Harden is at basketball. Like he's a ridiculous offensive threat. And alongside Tatum, like those are two really good shooters. Like Jason and Jalen are a really good duo, but Jason and James are also a good combination in my opinion. Maybe they're going to try and come up with like a three-team trade so that way they don't have to give up all of the components aka Jalen required to make a two-team deal. So, and like we sort of talked about Earlier with the Gordon Hayward situation, it's almost impossible to identify three team trades. So I don't know what that would look like. I don't know who would be interested and like who would end up where, but that's another possibility. I mean, I saw a couple of like, like fake trades that people were tossing around. Like one of them included uh, like the Knicks. So like you send Kemba to the Knicks because obviously, you know, there's been like some connection there and maybe you, you know, I mean, like stuff like that, like could make some sense. But again, I, where I kind of come back to is like, if you're going to go get James Harden, I mean, I think obviously you would want to hang on to Jalen because Jalen is awesome. But if you're trying to win a championship right now, would you rather have James Harden, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, or would you rather have James Harden, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum? Because I feel like Probably having that second one, having the lower usage, super high defense guy, as opposed to the guy who's again, you're bringing in a super high usage guy. And you've got a guy who looks best when he's high usage. I I just don't know how that fits. Right. Like if you think back to that season that went so poorly, the 2018-19 season, Jalen was upset with his touches and part of his performance was related to sort of the lack of opportunity and things like that. Jalen was coming off the bench. He wasn't starting. It was, I mean, yeah. Yeah. If I'm the Celtics, I'm like super scared to make a Harden deal before Kemba comes back because I think a healthy Kemba Walker is happier, is, is like content being a little bit, you know, lower usage than hard. And at that point, maybe all of this just makes more sense when Kemba comes back. But again, like, is that team going to compete against James Harden and Joel Embiid? Like, I don't know. That's a tough team. And also when Kemba comes back, whether he prefers it or not, he's going to be lower usage because he just won't be able to take on that much of a workload. But he's always been that, like, he knows, like, he knows, he was on the team last year. He saw what happened. And like, he's, you know, I think he's seen it too. He'll be fine with the reality, whatever it is. I mean, I shouldn't say that he'll obviously want to be playing and contributing, but he can accept it. Like, I don't think he's going to get upset about his lack of touches. He'll just do whatever's best for the team. But of course he wants to be healthy and playing as much as possible, I guess is what I meant. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I mean, I, that that's, I guess that's, that's the toughest thing about, about a hardened deal. And, and that, that it's one of the reasons why I think the Celtics are in a really tough spot. Yeah. I, mean, I definitely don't envy Danny Ainge's position right now. No, not a bit. I guess ultimately, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I mean, of course, I don't know. (laughs) We're we're all just guessing. Um, so the Celtics obviously have had success enough to go to the Eastern Conference Finals like multiple times. And the Celtics obviously have enough talent and have shown enough success over the recent years that they are always in the conversation, but they never or they have yet to do anything with that. And you can only tread water for so long until it's like, oh, you're a good team. You always make it to sort of this period in time in the playoffs. And then you're sort of like a fake contender, really, because you won't actually be able to win the damn thing. I think they're in that situation right now still. 
Yeah. And if James Harden goes to not to sound like a broken record, but like the Sixers or the Heat, you're definitely in that situation. So I do think their interest is genuine and I do think it could happen. And part of that stems from the competition aspect, but part of that also stems from the fact that James Harden is a top five player in the league. And there are just so few opportunities to acquire a player of that caliber, like via trade, without giving up Jason Tatum, if you're the Celtics. I agree with you that no matter what Daryl Morey says, I think that the Sixers are probably in because Daryl, I mean, part of it was his job because he's the GM or he was the GM of the Rockets. So he needs to sell people on sort of his offense and like his moves as a GM. Like he was such a Harden homer and like one of Harden's biggest defenders. So part of that was probably for like Daryl Morey and Marcus Smart, the two best James Harden defenders in the NBA. (laughs) But part of that, I'm sure, was genuine, too. Like, he definitely bought in himself and believed it. And with the Heat, so Ira Winderman, I'm not sure which outlet he works for. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's, like... The Sun Sentinel, yeah. Okay, he's covered the Heat for, like, decades, and he reported that the Heat are out. I I don't know. I kind of buy into that, and... Presumably, Ira Winderman does not have, like, an agenda, an agenda to, try to make the Heat better, whereas Daryl Morey will do whatever he needs <laughs> to do. Like, his, his literal job is to make the Sixers as good as possible, so... My thing with the Heat is like if the cost to go get James Harden is Tyler Hero and you're not willing to pay that price, like w- like why? What are we doing here? Because I don't he, think yeah, it's Tyler Hero though. I I, pro- I mostly agree with you, but like that's what sort of the uh, the spin coming out of it was because like because oh, okay. if you can have James Harden, Jimmy Butler, and Bam out of bio, I mean. Oh yeah, that's a no brainer. <laughs> I feel like they would want Bam or something though. I would I would imagine yeah I think that's probably true. But I, I don't know what the, obviously I have no idea what they're thinking is, but I feel like the Heat can sort of get by because you have Bam, who's just like one of the best up and coming players right now. And then you have actual shooters like Duncan and Tyler Hero have looked good. If you're giving up Bam, definitely not. Definitely. Like that makes sense. I'm, I'm not doing that deal. Yeah. If I'm doing, you know, certainly exactly. We're, we're on the same page there. But so like, it just sort of leaves the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> well... No, what it leaves is eventually the Sixers are going to come back with Ben Simmons. Like, <laughs> and here's the thing. I think the Celtics can top that offer because I think I, I might be wrong here. Cause I mean, I, I've talked, I've talked before. I think people on this who listen to this podcast know how much I like Ben Simmons. If, if you're Houston, would you rather have the guy who like, I think Ben Simmons is, is, is clearly like a more valuable player than Jalen Brown right now. Defensively, he's an absolute monster. Like all the offensive stuff that he that he can do is often, you know, I think unfairly overshadowed by like the one thing that he can't do. Like he's he's a supreme talent. But would you rather have the guy who is like harder to build around, or would you rather have like the wing who can shoot and and like you're probably getting other stuff and also who has shown a willingness to try new things? Like Jalen's running pick and rolls now. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I think there's, I think Jalen's got a lot of value. And I, and I wonder a little bit if you're, if you're the Rockets, like, like, I don't know. Uh, I, I'd be curious. And I think that like, I just don't think it would be that hard for the Celtics to top the Ben Simmons offer if they really wanted to. Um, right. Like, I, I think you could do like Jalen, maybe you're willing to offer like an extra, an extra pick that, you know, Philly isn't willing to offer, or maybe you're willing to throw Romeo Langford and, you know, Grant Williams into the deal or something like that. Yeah, I've now advocated that the Celtics trade <laughs> everybody's favorite everything. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams. I, I've not said anything about Fast PP. Uh, <laughs> the bridge too far there. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I could, I don't know. I could see the Celtics being able to top it if they want to. Yeah. So, so I kind of, I'm, I'm with you that I, I honestly think that where this is going to kind of come down is going to be who wants Harden, like Philly or Boston, because. I just don't like if the Heat aren't going to trade Bam. I mean, like I think the Nets are probably out. I think the Bucks are probably out. I have a hard time seeing like the Portland thing coming together. Like maybe it would. And the other team that I, I'm kind of like I, I think is kind of funny is is Toronto. Like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. Like James Harden on. I'm sorry, James Harden on the Raptors. Like it, I assume you're giving up Pascal Siakam in that trade. Well, then what are you? You're just like <laughs> aging Kyle Lowry. Who's, who's still really good, but like, I don't no, know. You have a good backcourt, like Fred really backcourt, and yeah. Kyle, but then who is but your front court? Yeah, I just, I'm, I don't think that's, yeah. I mean, I, they'd be a good team, but I don't think they would, that, that doesn't vault them to contender for me. That just is like, right. oh, hey, like the Raptors are still probably not that good, but better. So 
I don't know. I, for me, I think it comes down to Philly, Boston, and I think it's going to kind of come down to like, are the Celtics willing to beat the uh, the Ben Simmons offer or or not? I wonder if the Sixers already have offered Ben Simmons though. Yeah, and maybe maybe this is just Houston, you know, telling the Celtics like, listen, <laughs> <laughs> we know that if we're going to trade this guy to Philly, we need to like wrestle up some stuff, pretend to offer us Jalen Brown, and <laughs> you know, and then and then we can get Ben Simmons out of your division. I mean, who knows? I guess the one other thing I'll add, though, is I know, and we sort of touched on this earlier, there's a lot of talk about just sort of James Harden off the court. Maybe I'll be more worried about that once he's here and there's headlines about him and Tristan and Tatum at like whatever, I can't even name a strip club in Boston. Like maybe I'll be more concerned when that happens. But as of right now, I don't think that deters me at all from making a deal. No, I mean... (laughs) I mean, if, if him, Tristan, and, and and Tatum are at a strip club, they're building team chemistry. <laughs> I also think that maybe it's not to that extent. And part of it, I think, is sort of the persona and the narrative around James Harden that this stuff gets out. These guys are all sort of up to whatever. It might not be strip clubs. It might not be, I don't know, whatever people are saying about James Harden, but... A lot of your favorite NBA players. The vast majority of your favorite NBA players are up to something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that stuff doesn't really bother me. And I'm not anti-James Harden for those reasons. And I think there are some people that are. Well, I mean, I think it would be one thing if, you know, like James Harden, you know, broke down every season and just, you know, was like never health. Like, you know, the people who who have concerns about Joel Embiid because of like the Shirley Temple thing, like, <laughs> you know, like maybe that's not, maybe that's not, you know, true, or maybe it's not entirely fair or whatever it might be. But like, you know, the fact is people were scared of that because he would never play full NBA seasons at first. And now he does. And, you know, or now he plays more of them and, and that's great. But like you look at Harden and it's like, okay, so if he's partying all the time, this is like from t- 2012 to now 78 games, 73 games, 81 games, 82 games, 81 games, 72 games, 78 games, and then 68 games last year. Like he's healthy. He's good. Like he's every single year he comes in he just balls out. He plays like most of his team's games. Okay. Yeah. So he goes to a strip club, but you know what else you see him doing every off season working out. You see him in the gym, like getting up shots with his like goofy form. Like he's working. Like I agree. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about some other James Harden stuff. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their sweet season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship future all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so on the topic of other James Harden stuff, I'm curious what you think. The Sixers are intriguing with Harden, obviously, because he and Embiid are are two, like, superstar talents, all of that. How good do you think the Sixers are 
with James Harden on the, because on the, on the one hand, obviously like, you know, their offense would be really tough to stop. Like James Harden is amazing. Joel Embiid is amazing. On the other hand, I think that there are holes in their defense. I don't think that James Harden address. I mean, obviously he doesn't address any of the holes in their defense. I, I think he's there's, there's a few things that he does fine, but in general, he's a, you know, catastrophic defender. I'm curious, like if Joel Embiid is willing to be the type of big man who best compliments James Harden, because I feel like that guy is kind of just Clint Capella. I don't know. I mean, I think there are some like some small issues there. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how they go, how they would. Yeah, go. I mean, I think in theory that duo is supposed to be very dangerous. I mean, shooting and just like general point scoring is always good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And I feel, but I feel like that's something that Philly hasn't always had essentially right. like looking at the first round playoff series last year, like Tobias Harris. Yeah. Like he should be good, but like is a fake good player. So it's like, that was vicious. <laughs> so it's like that I think is good for Philly's offense, especially when you have Joel Embiid, who's supposed to be like the best center in the league. That being said, I feel like Joel Embiid, I like Joel Embiid. I think he should be the best center in the league. He's never actually had a season where he plays to his complete potential. You always see like flashes. I mean, one of those flashes came against the Celtics, I think in the regular season last year when he scored 35 and had like double digit rebounds and just was dishing it at the right time and just being very selective with his shots. And I mean, that's what makes Joel lethal. And that's sort of what he described. I remember after that game, he was like, look, if I get the ball, they should need to double team me. And then I should be able to pass it to a shooter. And that shooter makes the shot. How do you defend that? And I think that's sort of the model with James Harden really (laughs) is that if Joel really maximizes himself and can assert himself in the paint, presumably the Celtics would need to double. I'll just keep using the Celtics because that's really who the Celtics are concerned about. They would need to double and then you would leave someone open. Now, obviously, James Harden isn't always going to be the one that's open, but you can sort of work something else where hopefully James Harden or Danny Green, whoever they have, ends up getting the ball. Now, we've only seen that work with the Sixers so many times. So to rely on that is... Who knows? Well, and just to, and just to say though that we've only seen it work so many times. Part of the problem is that the other guy playing alongside Joel Embiid is Ben Simmons, who can't space the floor at all. So part of that is a personnel issue, and then you would hope now with the correct personnel, the execution is there. If you like the Sixers, you trust that Joel will be able to execute, or this team would be able to execute. And then obviously the next thing, the probably most important thing is that you're losing like a first team all defense guy and you're not getting anything close to that. So it's like, does the offense counter act the defense? They also lost Josh Richardson where in a Celtics series, that player in particular was pretty valuable and like basically like putting the clamps on Kemba. So there's a high ceiling, I guess, but. So, I mean, like one thing you could do, for instance, if if you're worried about like the defense is like you could package something else in with, if if you're the Rockets or if you're the Sixers, you could package something else in to then get like PJ Tucker back or something like that. Like you could, you know, there's ways that I think you could, you could make that work. And I would guess that Daryl is doing that. Yeah. yeah. He's not like, he knows that. Exactly. Yeah. This is not the Sixers team of like two years ago where it was like, Oh man, if you, even if they trade for James Harden, they're going to mess this up so bad that, you know, no, this is like right. a competent team run by a very competent GM who, who knows that he has to lie to our faces about not making Ben Simmons available because that is what he is doing. Well, and who knows the Rockets personnel really well. So he'll know exactly like what he'll want to get back and stuff like that. And that might work in his favor. Yeah, no, no I mean, question. That should work in his favor. Now, the thing that interests me about all of that because because I, I agree with you that in theory that should all work, but you you basically imply that everything is going to be running through Joel Embiid, which I think is how this would have to work if it was going to work. How happy is J- is James Harden going to be running everything through a big man as opposed to running everything through him like he has always done? Like he has always been the guy, and you know I, I'm not as worried about like the you know the strip club stuff like you were saying. Like I mean you know it, it, all your faves are doing all that stuff. I would be slightly worried about the fact that James Harden likes to be kind of in control. Like he likes to be the guy. And if he is not that guy, how happy is he going to be? I'm not a hundred percent certain. Like I'm not a hundred percent certain that I'd be confident in that. If I'm the Sixers, incidentally, I'm also not a hundred percent certain how confident I am. If I'm the Celtics 
where again, Jason Tatum is at his best when he is super high usage. So are you going to be able to maximize Jason Tatum and James Harden at the same time? That could be really tough. Right. And I guess why it's probably trending more towards the Sixers and why I guess you should be more confident that it will work with the Sixers is because of the relationship between Daryl Morey and James Harden. And because of Daryl's basketball mind is I'm sure he's going to call James Harden and say, look, if this deal is going to happen, like explain sort of X, Y, and Z, like Joel's probably going to be, the offense is probably going to be running more through Joel. Your usage is probably going to go down. Like, are you cool with that? And if he's not cool with that, then maybe they would be less inclined. (laughs) (laughs) I also wonder sort of like how honest they would be, but because they know each other that well, I guess I do trust that they would be able to have an honest conversation there. And maybe James would be more willing to take on that new role because he knows Daryl and trusts Daryl. Because from my understanding, their relationship never sort of deteriorated or went south. So I think that, and I mean, Daryl did everything he said. He traded, he got rid of Chris Paul. He traded for Russell Westbrook. So I will say that I think for the Celtics, the Sixers option is the best one out of all of them. Like I am less worried about James Harden on the Sixers than I am about like, especially I'm less worried about James Harden on the Sixers than I am James Harden on the heat. James Harden on the heat, I think is terrifying. (laughs) Like that team would be, that team would be incredible. And again, you know, I think in that case, we'd be talking about like Tyler hero and like every Miami heat pick moving forward. And, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can work something out there. And if that's the package, like good Lord, the heat are awesome. So I don't know. We will see what happens. I, uh, one thing that I think is kind of interesting is how United Celtics fans seem to be in like, just not wanting James Harden on this team. Like, I feel like usually there's like, you know, factions and, and, and usually there's like some people who are willing to say like, yeah, no, like he, he, you know, turned the Celtics into a contender. And there's others that are like, I don't like him at all, but no, everybody just seems to be over here. Like even the people who are like, yeah, he would make us better. I feel like a lot of those people say the like, yeah, but like, I just like this team better than I would with, with Harden. So maybe once they see him scoring like 35 points a night, that'll change. But <laughs> as of right now, I'm sure it's hard to buy in. So I guess the last thing to touch on here before we, before we call it is just, is that how he would look on the Celtics if that happens? And obviously a lot of that depends on um, the trade itself. So I think for the sake of argument, let's say that the Celtics traded uh, traded Jalen because I, I do think that he would be the price, especially if Ben Simmons gets back involved. I just don't think you're topping a Ben Simmons offer without Tatum or without, without Jalen, excuse me. And I think I, but I think too, like let's, let's assume that the Celtics find a way to keep smart because I don't, I just don't see the Celtics being willing to part with both. Um, and, you know, maybe that means getting a third team involved. Maybe that means like giving up a bunch of the young guys. I think the Celtics would be perfectly fine giving up any of the young guys or any combination of the young guys if it meant keeping smart. So how, how do you think that team would look? So let's assume that it's, you know, that it's a James Harden, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, you know, Tristan Thompson starting lineup with, you know, somebody else thrown in there. It's a tough team. It's a pretty good squad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, similar to the Sixer situation, you do have a downgrade in defense. However, I don't think it's like that drastic just because of like their offensive ratings should be very high. For sure. And I think the other thing too is like, I don't know, like there is definitely a defensive downgrade, especially in terms of one-on-one defense, but like quietly one of Jalen's like weaker aspects remains his off-ball defense. Um, He can get lost. So while I certainly like Jalen Brown or James Harden is a downgrade defensively, uh, you know, I think that it's, it's not the same as it would be if it was you know, smart for, for Harden. I mean, that, that would be a significant defensive downgrade. Like for example, Bradley Beal, I think the thinking is if the Celtics were to trade for him at some point, his defense actually wouldn't be that bad in Boston, despite sort of what he's shown in Washington. It would certainly play more than he did last year. Do you think, yeah, that's my question is, do you think that like he can be a capable defender or do you think he will? I think he could be. I don't think he's going to choose to be. Because the thing about Beal is that he's been not playing defense on a bad team. James Harden has been not playing defense on a very That's good true. team. That's and true. Like, you know, like at one point, Bradley Beal did try on defense. He yeah, just right. hasn't tried for like the past two years. Right. Yeah. So I am, which like is hundred percent fair because they're asking him to literally score 30 points a night, <laughs> which he's good enough to do. So shout out to Bradley Beal. Very good basketball player. 
I, I think that's the thing with Harden is like, you know what you're getting. I mean, because you've seen him on contenders and on a contender, yeah. he's an MVP. It's not like it's this bad thing. Like, yes, he doesn't play that much defense, but he's still truly one of the most valuable basketball players in the NBA. But there are flaws in his game. And if you're, if you're the Celtics, would you be willing to, and this is where like the Celtics being cold blooded might come in again. Would you tell Kemba Walker, like, Hey man, we're trying to preserve you for the playoffs. I need you to come off the bench for a little bit. Because I think that a smart Harden, because I assume in this scenario, you're keeping Kemba. Smart Harden Tatum makes a lot more sense to me than Kemba Harden Tatum. Even if you put smart in that unit, smart can guard threes, but I don't think that he's like the guy you want going up against LeBron, like at least for 48 minutes. Yeah, I think Kemba would buy into that too. See, I wonder if he would. I think he might. I think he would. (laughs) He's just, the thing about Kemba is that like, He's he's tough to like talk about on like from like a podcast perspective because there's just no drama there at all. He's just like a good dude. <laughs> like he just and wants he, to hoop and exactly. He just loves basketball so much and he just wants to win the championship. If he wanted to start and like have all the numbers, he would have just stayed in Charlotte. I mean, I know that they didn't offer him the supermax or whatever, but like he's had his time to sort of be the guy, be the face of a franchise. Like he literally just wants to win a championship. So I think he would do whatever possible yeah I uh that's a good team I mean yeah how do you think it looks I think it looks really good I mean and and it's and it's tough because I stand by what I said like I, I if I'm the Celtics I'm super super uncomfortable giving up a guy who improves every year and is only 24 because I think at 27 he could be like a like a real stud star player and wings are just so valuable. I mean, that's that's a lot of value. But at the same time, if you're trying to win a championship, like that that that's like you tell me. Do you think that that team is like? Would you be? Because I know you're a lot more skeptical about this Celtics team. I'm skeptical about the Celtics team. You're way more so than even I am. Does that team do it for you? Oh yeah, I. Yeah. James Harden is good at basketball. I'm not sure if we've made that that clear actually like throughout this podcast, just based on how we're talking about him, because like, I think sort of we've treated him or just we're referring to him basically as like damaged goods. Like, I mean, I guess like he'll like whatever team will settle and I guess they'll take him like, no, like James Harden is very good at basketball. I mean, yeah, and like one of the five best players in the NBA right now. Has averaged. Yeah. Last season, he averaged 34.3 points season before 36.1 points. And I know it's not all about points, but like he's taking like upwards of 10 threes per game. Like James Harden shot 13 threes per game. Yeah. Like I know it's not all about points. And of course there's that the game seven where he went over however many, and like he's choked in the playoffs, but I don't know. I just, I think he's choked in the playoffs, but he's never had Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker like there to pick him up. Like, that's tough. It's a well-rounded team. It- yeah, that's that's a really good basketball team. And I'm sure this is the conversation that Danny Ainge kind of works himself around too, because like, because I think Danny Ainge loves Jalen Brown. Everybody loves Jalen. Like he's, he's an amazing, yeah. I've talked him up as a player. He's an amazing person. Like he's obviously the Celtics as a team, you know, wrote that op-ed in the Boston Globe. Uh, what was it like a week ago? Um, and I think all of that stuff starts with Jalen. Like he is, you know, the catalyst for a lot of that. And that's, you know, I mean, like, okay, so that, that doesn't really affect like winning and losing, but it is just like, it, it, it's indicative of the kind of person they have on their team. And I, I'm, they like him quite a bit, but I don't know. I mean, I think in, in tandem with everything that you said about trying to keep, you know, about trying to keep James Harden off of other teams in the East, like if, if in this scenario, you can keep James Harden off the other teams in the East and you can have a team that has Marcus Smart, James Harden, Jason Tatum, like that's in Kemba Walker, that's a squad that, that would be tough to say no to, I think. Like, maybe this is just a super simplistic watered down view of basketball, but like with James Harden averaging over 30 points per game, Jason Tatum, I think is the type of player that will be averaging like around that, like that accounts for like 70 (laughs) points per game. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Again, I know that's like, like basketball is more than just points per game. I know that that's not the statistics that we all pay attention to, but like, at the end of the day, like you're trying to score more points than the other team. Well, and, and not for nothing, but like, I know we just got done saying how difficult it actually can be to like, to stagger your guys. But like, if you're going to have one of James Harden or Jason Tatum on the floor at all times, I mean, good Lord. Well, especially because they can both create their own offense. Exactly. 
So it's like, it doesn't really matter the staggering. It it does, but like, you, you get what I mean? Like they can just, they'll just shoot. Like, yeah, they'll find, they'll find a basket. Yeah. Exactly. Like they'll just do their step back or their sidestep. And like James Harden has averaged over 10 free throw attempts per game for like the past six seasons. And last year he averaged, I think 12 free throw attempts per game. So like that's valuable. I mean, the Celtics haven't really been that good at getting to the line in recent seasons. So I think that that would be beneficial for them. With other players, I think it's difficult to to stagger because you need sort of certain playmaking or other things to happen to help facilitate the offense. But like with them, it's really just like they can do it themselves. For sure. Now, what I will say is I think both players are susceptible um, to the cold nights when they can't hit threes. That I think is where you start to get a little bit concerned about if that happens in like a game six and you're down three, two, like, uh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I think that there is something about, a cold shooting night for one of your stars that can then go to one of your other stars. Because if you're James Harden and you're cold in like a game six, because you know, you're choking in the playoffs again, like all of a sudden Tatum is going to probably feel like, okay, well, this is why I'm here is to pick up for, for Harden. And then if, if Tatum is missing, then, you know, things can go off the rails very quickly. And obviously there's right. also Kemba and, and there's also, you know, Marcus who's <laughs> absolutely a wild card, but yeah, I think that's a problem too. So of course, like then, yes, you would love to see the aggressive Jalen Brown, like doing what he's done in the past when the Celtics are cold, like drive to the basket. And like, I mean, we've joked about how after every game, Jalen's like, yeah, I just want to be aggressive. Like he can sort of generate offense that way. But you would think that Jason Tatum, what would be a top 10 player? James Harden is definitely a top five player. The two of them to have a cold night on like the exact same day, multiple times, you would hope that the chances of that happening aren't very high. You That's sort hope. of like the worst case scenario. Again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen. Now, I think the one other thing to remember from the Celtics point of view with Harden is that what you are doing is you are like the, the issue, I think, is, is you are sort of making the future window a lot blur, like the future blurrier. Because right now, if, if you're able to keep like Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown on the team for the foreseeable future, you have a good basketball team for years and years to come. A couple years down the road, you're probably going to have a max, you know, you might have a max slot again. There's going to be other things out there. And, and I, I think that that, you know, is probably worth considering too. Um, if you trade Jalen for James Harden, you really, I think you do up your championship potential quite a bit over the next two years. But after that, like, let's say James Harden signs somewhere else. Let's say James Harden re-signs in Boston, but he's just not that good anymore. Or, you know, that, that, he, that he tails off enough. Certainly, I think Jason Tatum is going to keep getting better. Like, how much better? And is, you know, like, and the Celtics, and, and the interesting thing about the Celtics is they have a GM and a coach who can reasonably plan to be in Boston for the foreseeable future. Like, they're not just win-now guys, and they can afford to not be win-now guys, which also complicates things because it means they have more options. It's a good problem to have, but I think it is, I think it is something of a problem. I agree. I would say that the long-term concerns are probably higher for me than like whatever short-term concerns about like, oh, James Harden fitting in Boston and sort of that. Again, I don't envy Danny Age. It's like, if you do stand pat and you just tread water though, and you don't actually win a championship or even make it to the finals, will Jason Tatum stay? Will you actually have this future that you've sort of like that future is almost contingent upon performing and reaching certain places in the playoffs. It's a tough situation. For sure. And I mean, and I mean, the worst case scenario of course, is you trade for James Harden and it just doesn't go that well. And then, and then you, and then you've literally squandered all the good stuff that you had like in 2016, 17, when everything looked so bright, like, But then it's like, okay, you don't trade for James Harden. You keep everybody. And then the Celtics make it to what? The conference semis, conference finals, conference finals, conference semis. Is that good enough? Yeah. At that point, you're like the Atlanta Hawks of like the, you know, last decade where. Like Al Horford, Atlanta Hawks. Good. Good team. You never thought they were going to win a title. Maybe Danny thinks that they can still do something with the TPE. So they don't need James Harden. Like they do have means of acquiring. They do good talent, not James Harden good, but like solid talent with that TPE. So they're not trying to use it now at the earliest would be ahead of the deadline. They're in a tough spot. Yeah, they really are. And, and it, it's funny to say, because it feels like they're in such a good spot, but this is difficult. And this, and this will have major 
major consequences down the road too. And I guess the other thing I would say too about, uh, you know, trading for Harden and potentially winning with him is that I, I do think that at that point, the, the future is more blurry, but if you, if you do that and you convince Tatum, look, we are, we are trying to win every single year while you are in Boston and you convince him to stick around, your future is still quite bright. Even after Harden leaves, like, it, because at that point, you know, if Jason, if Jason Tatum is willing to stay for his next contract too, great. Like if, if that's what hard trading for Harden accomplishes, then it's like an absolute money deal, you know, but that's the complicated part is you don't know. <laughs> so approximately would you think a deal is imminent do you think it's going to be a month a trade deadline like what's your feeling my feeling is that i think it's going to happen before the deadline around that time though no no i think it's i think it's going to happen sorry I, like i think it's going to happen before trade deadline time okay, okay. I, I i think i mean if i were to guess i would say we're probably looking at like another like month or so because i think the, the rockets are still probably trying to play everyone off each other see what they can see what they can get you know, I don't think that the Sixers are going to offer, are just going to like straight up offer Ben Simmons without hearing that Jalen Brown is involved. I don't think the Celtics are going to offer Jalen Brown until they hear that Ben Simmons is involved. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just kind of is like a, a staring contest for a little while here. And when, when one of them blinks, eventually things might get rolling, but it's, it'll be really interesting. I, I don't have a good sense of this one. A lot of these trades, you, you kind of feel like you, I mean, or, or trades or like roster moves. I mean, you, you knew that Anthony Davis was going to LA. You kind of had like a good sense that Kawhi might end up with the Clippers. Like that, that kind of stuff. Like you're like, okay, like I could, I can see that one. This one, I just don't have a feel for. I guess, do you think that the Celtics performance between now and the deal will influence them in any way? Less the Celtics and more Jalen. <laughs> I think like, I mean, it certainly affected how I, I see it. You know, you asked me before the preseason, after the preseason, I mean, I was, I was pretty willing to be like, yeah, I think they got to, you know, at least kick the tires and see if there's something there. I mean, Jalen's been so good that I'm like, all of a sudden, this is, this is a lot tougher. Um, but James Harden, what an interesting guy. All right, guys. Well, we will leave it there. Thank you all for listening. Uh, feel free to yell at us both in our DMs for trying to trade your faves. We apologize. Maybe wait until you cool down before you leave us a five-star review. And then after that, you can please leave us a five-star review. And we will talk to you all next week. I have been fed. That's a fact. I have been fed. That's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.